You're listening to the King of the Fourth podcast, offering in-depth analysis on all things Boston Celtics with your hosts, Jim and Mike Quigley. All right, the preseason is over. The regular season is less than 24 hours away. Well, I guess it kicked off for the rest of the NBA tonight. The Celtics less than 24 hours away. Um, right in the middle of October baseball. It's fun and exciting around here. And um, let's start with the news of the day, uh, at least Boston-wise, and we'll get to Philadelphia-wise. Jabari Parker. Yeah, Jabari Parker. So Jabari Parker cut. He's back. What what you read on that? Is it possible to even have a read on that? I don't know. There was like these weird tweets um, about the um, the luxury tax and how it affected the luxury tax. And I don't know what I'm reading. So I'm thinking it had to do with finances somehow. And maybe they knew he was going to get waived and brought back for financial reasons. But I, I really don't. I don't know. He looked good in the preseason and he looked bad in the preseason. But overall, he definitely looked good enough to be on the squad. Um, and I thought he looked good enough in the playoffs last year. So I thought it was going to be him or that kid Pinson. I think his name was to make the team. Uh, I was impressed with how they played. Um, so I'm glad he's here. I like Jabari Parker. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. I, I think they might've cut him for the luxury tax purposes to get that down to like four and a half instead of six and a half million or whatever it was. Um, but I, the, them bringing it back, I, I've been trying to, Makes sense of it. I, I think um, John Corral has tweeted out something that made a little bit of sense that maybe they're not completely enamored right now with Herman Gomez as a backup for that he and you know I could see could that. Be, yeah, and that could be part of it. It doesn't mean that he's in the dark house or they're they're completely out on him, but maybe he just isn't what they were expecting at this point. Maybe Grant Williams they're, they're still unsure of. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if this is this is just pure speculation, but I, I wonder if Ime um, went to Brad and had concerns about the back end of his bench. You know, you have concerns about Jalen's minutes tomorrow night, Al Horford beginning the season out with COVID and, you know, wants that 15th guy. And he's an experienced veteran that on nights, let's even look at a night like tomorrow night against the Knicks. I know it's bigger than just the Knicks, but good defense. You're shorthanded Al, so your offense is going to look a little different. Randall could get you in foul trouble. Yeah, and he's a professional scorer. He's a professional scorer along the lines of what Cantor is during the regular season under the hoop, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I I wonder if that had something to do with it, and I wonder if this is kind of Brad sympathizing with his coach, knowing that I was in the spot, in Emei's spots much better than Brad's was last year, where I – didn't have any depth to get me through the regular season. And I, and he, and he sympathizes with that. And, and he went to ownership and said, Hey, we, we need to do this. And they did, um, you know, and it, there are ways to get under, you know, to lower that tax number before the um, trade deadline, you could ship out her, Herman Gomez is not in a million, $9 million number um, into space yep. somewhere or something like that. Uh, if Smith and Langford play well, yeah. it'll be Josh Richardson. Oh, oh, this is so. That's I'm glad. That's I want your thoughts on this. Um, so we talk about rosters. I, I'm, I'm glad, like you, Parker is back because they, I think he's a veteran. Another veteran on this team, I, I just really haven't been that impressed with is Josh Richardson, and I have been impressed with Neesmith. 
and Langford. And granted, it's a preseason, and I, I do think you got to give Richardson a chance during the regular season because he's been there, done that. Yeah, I'll be interested to see the starting lineups and then the rotation where you know people are playing and fitting in, and that'll give us an idea of what's going on with Richardson. I, I, in the preseason, I was impressed with how Neesmith and the young guys played. Yeah, I thought Langford played really well in, in, in some games. Um, one thing I'll say is like it is the preseason. We yep. didn't see a lot of Josh Richardson. I think we've seen enough of him in his career, though. He had a down year last year, though. But overall, down, in his he, career down two years. He's had two years in a row where it's been down. Yeah, yeah. He was good in the bubble, though, um, yeah. uh, against the Celtics. But um, I think he's always been a guy you can handle the ball and move the ball well. Uh, he's not a great shooter, but we did see some of that passing in the preseason on the on the pick and rolls with him. So. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't remember how he was defensively this preseason, but yeah, I'm more excited about Neesmith and, and Lankford and, and I'm rooting for them to be the guys. I want them to play well. Um, and if that means Josh Richardson's the odd man out, then so be it. Yeah. And, and the things that I were, was really impressed with the Lankford, you know, the way he shot the three um, and it wasn't yeah. just a standstill three. You saw some step back action within his game. Um, you know, he continued to, get to the poop well you can see those raw skills that made him one of the top high school prospects in the nation coming mm-hmm. out of um the state of indiana yeah and uh, the tools are just there where he can cover most wings and i bet you he could cover some fours although probably couldn't do it consistently not much yeah yeah he, because he's a big strong kid um you still see the raw mistakes. You know, there was a couple of times he went to the hoop, left his feet early and had no idea where he was going with it and ended up turning the ball over. But I think that kind of comes with playing time in the NBA. And as much as I can't stand Scal, I did think he brought up a good point where this kid is just kind of figuring out now NBA effort. Oh, I heard that too. You you know, where this is, you know, the speed and the competitiveness and the um, ability all kind of combined into one. And, but he's always um, been hurt, you know? He's it's always not... been hurt. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and he's first healthy offseason. And then uh, Neesmith, he, he, his shooting just is better. And um, he's making better decisions with the basketball. Uh, yeah, he, I mean, still... he's not just shooting it well. He's no. he, he's reminding me a little bit of Jalen Brown. <laughs> I don't want to compare him to Jalen Brown, yeah, but I, I uh, just seeing like some of the improvement, the way that Brown improved a little bit going into his second year. Um, and, oh, we'll see if it happens in the regular season, but he had some moves off the dribble and some fallaway jumpers and things that I didn't know he could do. Yeah, no, he's, he definitely added some action to his offense. There, there, are, there are new moves in there and it was kind of fun to watch defensively. He's not on the level of Richardson and Langford right now. He gets stuck on screens. Yeah. Way he too does. easily. You know, and um that but if he spreads the cost you, but yeah. If he spreads the floor like the way I think he can, just seeing yeah. how pretty his shot is, mm-hmm. don't you have to start him? Start I mean, him? how do you yeah, yeah, how do you yeah. sit a guy who shoots the ball like that and he has defensive problems, but he hustles his ass off. He gets the crowd into it, especially, you know, at home games. He's going to be a fan favorite. I just feel like that's a guy in my eyes. If that's the way he's going to shoot, I don't see how he he has to get started minutes. He has to be out there with Brown and Tatum. 
because he's going to yeah, get I, so I, many I, open looks. I think that fifth spot right now is Hoffitz. Um, but I, I can see what I you're saying. That. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Um, I actually thought that, what is it? It was only one game or two games. The, way, the one game where Hoffitz started with Williams, it didn't look bad. Um, it will. I don't know about that. I, I, I don't think it's the Embiid situation. And um, it might not look great, but I don't think it's going to be bad because of the different things Horford can do and how you can facilitate the offense with him. I think where you're right is that some teams will be able to expose them on the defensive side. Oh, um, big time. With that lineup, yeah. Yeah, I mean. But their length is going to be. It's, it's not this. Oh, no. It's not the same as, um, sorry, it's not the same as, uh, there was something on my TV. There was something um, I wanted to say, and it was not the same with two bigs, uh, not the same as last year's two bigs, because with Rob being healthy, we've seen how quickly he um, he can get beat off the dribble and how quickly he responds to that and gets back and makes a play where I wonder you know, if, if I'm willing to give the two bigs a chance because of the way Rob can defend that it might work because Rob could bail a lot of guys out. He has the ability to do that. I just, um, I just feel like in this NBA right now, it's going to put Al in a lot of tough spots on the defensive end to cover guys who can take him off the dribble, who are going to take him off screens, get action for open jump shots. And I feel like the Celtics could get killed on the wings with those corner threes with a lineup like that. I really do. I, I, I mean, I, if you take a look at the next starting lineup and you match that up with Al Horford in there with Rob, and I just feel like Joe Harris could just have a field day. Yeah, well, maybe you'll have to make changes depending on the lineup or whatever. Or you make you have a quick cook. Um, you know, you think about Danny Green and Seth Curry too. Like I, I just I, feel I like there'd be a lot of problems. I am curious to see how he looks defensively in a live action regular season game because that wasn't a problem in Philly. His defense wasn't an issue, um, but I have no idea what it was in OKC. I, it's I, funny I you bring that up because you know, I've read about that. That actually, like he was the guy working with Eme about the defensive sets, and defense was never yeah. the issue. It was just offensively, it wasn't working out. Yeah, the him and Embiid and the offense together just weren't a good match. Him and Embiid and Harris, yeah. right? They had yeah, the three yeah, of them out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they did. And then you had Simmons who couldn't shoot. So mm. it just really created a real weird dynamic. Um, but I, I have no idea. Like, he, like he is older. It's, so it's reasonable to think that he, that defense has slipped enough. But if it hasn't, yeah, you're right about the um, probably really good teams. But there's a lot of teams that can, I think, definitely get by with with that. Um, yeah. I don't think think Neesmith has earned that status spot yet. And even though I think he'd probably be a really good fit for it, I want to see him continue to earn it. I I think that's one mistake Danny made with the team um, last year and the year before. He just gave these young guys minutes, essentially, by having nothing else on the roster. And I I didn't feel like they earned anything. And I think it created some complacency with some of them, honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, And I'm also wondering what the uh, status is with Peyton Pritchard, because although he doesn't bring a lot of size, he's another one that I look at down the line who could start, because as Coach Udoka said, he doesn't have three-point range. He has four-point range. He Um, does, yeah. Yeah. What is his status right now? Is he good to go or is he out? He's good to go. He's good to go. I don't know how the mask is going to affect him. The mask is different for everybody. Um, Yeah. but um, They got shooting now. If him and Neesmith look the way they've been looking, they got shooting. They do. Because those two can be 
terrific outside shooters, and that's going to change a lot of things. If those two are around 45%, and then you can get um, Langford around 35%. You can get Al around 35%. Well, Al was up around 40 last year. Um, Oh, still? This late in his career? That's awesome. Yeah, so... uh, I, I think that would that would be excellent. Um, One uh, thing I want to just touch on, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, is um, I think right now Ennis Cantor is probably the third center on the roster. But uh, I, you saw it in the preseason, Jim. He, he's horrible, as you've always said, year after year defensively. It's just yeah. so bad. And this was against backups that I was noticing this. I, I want to see that kid Fernando play over him. Because I feel like, yeah, he's limited, but I don't think he's going to do that on the defensive end. Like, I, and, and the kid looks like he hustles and plays really hard. He plays really tough. I'd rather see that and and have Cantor in spots where I need to get a bucket, uh, some offensive rebounds, and it's like really quick flashes. But um, with Al going to be out here and there, I, I, I think I'd rather see that kid Fernando getting some minutes. Well, I think uh, over the course of the season, they're both going to have chances. and. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they look at that position in particular to see if they can get an upgrade, um, whether that's the four or the five. I think um, so too. Yeah. Cause so, they got the contracts uh, to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Cantor, I mean, I, I, he's a the Jabari Parker role for big men. I, in my opinion, he's the type <laughs> of guy, yeah, veteran guy, you, you're, you're struggling to score. You throw him in there during the regular season, and maybe he keeps you afloat and gives you a chance to win. In and the that's what Kanta does, right? That's yeah, what yeah, he does. Because the regular season's yeah. about offense, not scoring the other team. It's not about defense. Let's be honest in the NBA. Yeah, sometimes, so, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I think that I think that's his role. Now, tomorrow night he may play more um, mm-hmm. because of the Al Horford being out. Um, that's okay, you know. Uh, so as we look. Um, and I know we want to get back to the Sox game, so we'll just we'll do these last two parts fairly quickly here. Uh, and uh, yeah, so, so are we going to talk about the Ben Simmons story and then maybe break down the Celtics division, or what were you thinking? Yeah, so why don't we let's micromanage this a little bit? Let's start with the Knicks Celtics tomorrow, um, and um, then we'll go to the Simmons stuff in in the East in general. Uh, what do you what are you looking for tomorrow night? Out of the South yeah, well, I'm looking for him to win, but um, yeah. a couple of things I'm looking for. I'm really interested to see how Marcus Smart does on a quick guard like uh, Kemba Walker. You know, I think we all know what Smart can do against a guy like Derrick Rose, who's really hard to cover, but he's a different kind of cover. Um, and Walker has looked good this preseason. He looks healthy. So uh, that's a tough matchup for Smart, and I'm interested to see how he responds. Um and how he attacks Walker on the other end. And then I'm interested to see what kind of player R.J. Barrett is, because I think going forward for the Knicks and the Celtics in this division, that's going to be a big deal, because he's more important to the Knicks, I think, than um, uh, why can't I remember? They're powerful. Oh, he's awesome. Randall. Yeah, he, I think yeah. he's more important than Randall uh, because of the position he plays and the clout he came with out of college. So. Uh, I'm interested to see that matchup with him, Brown and Tatum, and, and if um, you know he took another step forward this year. So yeah, I, I'm interested in those things too. I think this is a good first step uh, on the road in New York. The place is going to be kind of crazy. I think. I think it's going to be crazy. First yeah. time they can really pack the house. It's the Celtics. Um, so I, I love starting the season this way against these guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I'm looking for. Uh, I'm interested in 
what Kemba's going to do. You know, he's looked, like you said, pretty good in the preseason. Um, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder for this. Can the Celtics take advantage of that? I mean, as well as Kemba knows, the Celtics know him really well, too. So what can they do offensively as he's clearly the weak link for the Knicks? You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, how, how can they abuse him or put them into three-on-two, two-on-one situations with Kemba that um, creates uh, some easy offense? The other thing yeah. I want to see is um, how the Celtics team reacts to tough defense. You know, you I was just going to say that because they got go two really good defensive centers. Yeah. And so you would yeah. go, uh, although Noel is out. Um, oh, awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. You know, last year, the Celtics would go through one action on their offense. It would essentially die, you know? Yeah. And so you would saw, you saw some in the preseason where you saw multiple actions off, off of different offensive looks. And so this goes to die. What ends up happening and because they have some depth, because they have a Jabari Packard, they have a Cantor. Is this the type of game you can use those guys where the offense is struggling to create some of their own stuff? Because uh, they just didn't have enough guys to create offense um, outside of Brown and uh, Tatum last year. So that's what I'm curious about. And the last thing is, and I think this is going to be so key for the Celtics team, can they win the transition game? Can they, it's be tough can tomorrow. they get out? Yeah, so can they defensively stop transition and can they get out and run on stops and yeah. and that's going to be this isn't another great team to really test that against it's a great first test um and i think that's going to be a key to a lot of their success this year because they have good athletes they they have uh guys that can get to the hoop and you got those secondary break guys who can hit some distant threes um i, I i'd like to see them really move and that that's going to be incumbent on jason tatum to not all the times walk this up and, and just push this with the off within the offense so those yeah. are the things i'm really looking for um you know i have no idea whether they'll win or lose tomorrow night i'm not looking for that as much i'm looking you know see how do they respond on the road those different types of situation and, and see if their depth can finally help them yeah i think you made a lot of good points it's especially you know you're talking about transition tomorrow the knicks do such a good job of slowing the game down and taking mm -hmm. away that part of the game um so i feel like you got to get it up quick and you know you got to look for early offense and then you know i'm interested to see too with that that dual point guard situation that the knicks have where you have derrick rose who played so well last year and you brought in kemba walker um and how that's going to play out long term in new york because I don't see them playing well on the floor together um, because I don't think Kemba plays very well off the ball and defensively together. They're not very good. So I, I just, I don't see how you can have those guys on the same team long-term. Um, I have a feeling one of them is going to be gone. And, yeah, and if I, I was the Knicks, uh, I don't know how you look at what Derek Rose did last year. And you, it'd be hard for me to move on from him. So Kemba's going to have to play really well in New York. And this is where you can, if they go to that lineup, you could throw Schroeder at them and really put some huge pressure on them defensively, which the way sure he pushes the ball and gets into the paint. Um, you could put Kemba into foul trouble, I, I think, with that matchup. And I don't think Rose, at this point in his career, can stay in front not, of him. And, he's and, not and, great and, defensively. Yeah. No. So uh, you you really, you know, whether that's Schroeder and Smart or you go Schroeder and Pritchard, you, you can kind of match them with some, def and you'll have some liability on your end, but 
you could put some real pressure on them okay. uh, on the on the offensive side. Um, it's a good test, and, and you know, I, I regardless of what happens tomorrow night, I think this is going to be a good Celtics team. I don't think it's a championship team. I think this is going to be a good team. I think this is going to be a real enjoyable Everybody said the Red Sox on the championship team, so I guess you never know. It's a little easier to win it in baseball than basketball. Um, Yeah, that's true. All you need in basketball is one Giannis, and you're you're good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, you still got Kevin Durant and Giannis on on this side of the East Coast. So let me me ask you a question about superstars. Do you think uh, Philly regrets letting Jimmy Jimmy Butler walk uh, given Tobias Harris and uh, Ben Simmons all this money? Well, I do think they tried to keep him, right? Um, Did they try to keep Butler? Yeah, I got to remember the background. I mean, it was the biggest loss they had. You know, I I mean, they should have been showing him all the love in the world. It's the one thing you know, we talked about it last year when you loved them. It was my one issue with the playoffs is they did not have a go-to guy. Yeah. And they still don't have a go-to guy. Yeah, no, they don't. Embiid, Embiid isn't, you know, until Embiid really shows that he's that, he he he, ha- he hasn't been able to get them over the hump. And it's tough to ask a center to be that, frankly. You know, you yeah. really need a wing guy that can create his own offense out in the perimeter down in the crunch time in playoffs. And so you got the Simmons issue, which, you know, today refusing to go in on a drill. And it, it looks like it's been a couple of days of him just pouting <laughs> being a baby and refusing to do anything. <laughs> I don't know how this is going to end. I, it, I tell you what, it's going to end with him not playing. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I, that's. I, I, I think yeah. we're, we're a week away from Simmons saying he hurt his calf or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and just fighting around and, and because hanging out at Kyrie Irving's house, it seems like his teammates don't even want him there. You no, know, that really speaks to like him. I think too that his teammates dislike him that much. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's and it reminds me of um, Andrew Bynum. So he was with the Cavs. Um, yeah. So he was with the Lakers. He got traded to Philly. Traded to the sixes, right? Yeah. Yeah. And really just injuries or whatever. The mm-hmm. Cavs then made a big deal about signing him to a <laughs> two-year, $25 million deal. And, like, this was, like, their move forward after LeBron. And, you know, they, they boasted about it on Twitter. It's a great uh, – you got to read the Woj article. Uh, did so, he even play a game for them? About 15 games in or so, he's, like, had it there. And they've had it with him. And so at practice, wherever he got a rebound, wherever he got the ball, it didn't matter if it was a rebound, he shot it. No way. You're lying. Yeah, so if he got a steal at the other end of the court, he just fired it. And he did that throughout a whole practice until they threw him out. And then they, you know, and they, they ended up trading him to somebody. I forget who. But... Uh, <laughs> what a fucking asshole! <laughs> if there's anything, that, that's pretty practice. epic. Like I'm, I'm out of here. Fuck you! I'm just gonna, it's gonna chuck the ball. Fuck it! <laughs> if there's any film of any practice I've ever wanted to see, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hustles for the rebound! <laughs> Fuck Possibly. you, coach. <laughs> Wherever and it was like, whenever he grabbed the ball in shooting drill, he would just fire it to that. Like he would just <laughs> shoot. So they end up. That was the end of the Andrew Bynum experience. Where is he now, man? 
what um, somebody happened counted, to him? Someone counted his money. Yeah, he was yeah. he was going to be really good. That fell apart quick. Yeah, just bad he won match. one though, right? Yeah, he beat the he won Celtics. two. Yeah, he beat Orlando and the Celtics. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Too. But the Lakers, oh. baby. Yeah, so that all that right, that Jim. Story. Oh, all right. So there's a the, the long and short of it. The Simmons stuff is deteriorating. Um, Kyrie is still out and refuses to get his shot. So the Nets are one injury away from being in trouble. I still think they're the favorite. There's an opportunity here for the Celtics to really make some hay. And um, yeah, you know, if you get to the, you know, let's say the Nets do end up having some injury issues, depth issues, or whatever, you get to the trade deadline. And someone like Bill or something or someone maybe you what the plan was to wait till the offseason. I still think that's the best plan. I still like that better. But there is a possibility here hanging around the trade deadline that you make a move because things have gone weird and you have a shot. Yeah. You know. So all right, let's let's uh connect maybe Thursday night after the Knicks. Everyone enjoy the rest of the Sox. Go Sox, go Celtics. We'll talk soon. All right. Have a good night.